If you think brands matter for your business or nonprofit, then this is probably the right episode. Hope you enjoy it. This is Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. I've been a longtime fan of Elaine Fogels because she simply puts out great content, always active on her blog, Totally Uncorked Marketing, and has been a big fan of small business and nonprofits for quite some time. Also, the recent author of a book, Beyond Your Logo, Seven Brand Ideas That Matter Most for Small Business Success. I enjoyed our conversation. This is kind of like doing your exercises, making sure that you may know enough about branding, you may think you have a handle on what your organization is doing, but as we all know, uh, exercise makes us better. Thinking about these topics from different angles will help us, and that's what I think we do today in our discussion with Elaine. I'm excited to get into it. Thanks for joining us. And I'm here with Elaine Fogel, the president and CMO of Solutions Marketing and Consulting LLC, author of Beyond Your Logo, Seven Brand Ideas That Matter Most for Small Businesses Success. Uh, And I'll continue, Elaine, because you are very busy with all of the things you do, your blog, Totally Uncorked Marketing. And of course, before this, you were a uh, big freaking deal in the Canadian nonprofit scene. My words, not your words. Elaine, thanks for joining us today. (laughs) Thanks for having me, George. This will be fun. Certainly. So today I am super interested in tapping into your experience and knowledge that you really shared in Beyond Your Logo because mm-hmm. branding comes up, I think, more often than not as like maybe a magic bullet or the ultimate mm-hmm. solution of, you know, the ills that are befalling our companies or our nonprofits and we know we have to spend money. How did you get involved with this like just quagmire, I'll call, of of a topic? Well, I think just from having worked in the nonprofit sector for so long and then starting my own business when I relocated to the States, I thought, you know, I read all these blogs and all these articles and and I was seeing all this misinformation out there about what a brand is and what branding is. And it kind of got to me and I thought, these guys need to know that it's not just you know, a logo. It's not just the colors of a brand identity. And so I decided that I really wanted to to write a book that encompassed the holistic uh, approach to branding. What does it mean in all its entirety, not just what it looks like? Gotcha. And then you specifically call out small businesses of which, you know, there are over 27 million some odd in, in the U.S. Why? Well, I think I think if it large enterprises, let's face it, they've got, you know, tons of money, they've got marketing and branding departments, they've got all the human and financial resources. And for the most part, they're doing a pretty good job at branding. Uh, sure, there are exceptions to the rule. But, you know, it's really at the smaller end where small businesses with either a solopreneur or a very small team really struggle to wear many hats. And, you know, they may be good in their product and service area, but marketing and branding typically is one of those areas that I hear from a lot of people that, you know, I just don't know what to do. 
you know, and they'll, and they'll read blogs, they'll read articles, and they kind of follow the shiny object. Um, and that's, that's not the best thing to do. And, and listening to all these experts online that say, oh, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and oh, you should be doing this, and this is a must. And they're kind of like, uh, I remember I once called it when I worked inside the nonprofit sector, you know, what's the flavor of the month? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard not to, to follow that, especially when different social media trends, oh, yeah. platforms uh, come of age and uh, new sort of all-in-one concepts. So this book, you know, you talk about seven core ideas mm-hmm. of, you know, defining the, the strong brands, uh, customers at the center of every action. I won't go through all of them because yes. we've got we to gotta leave the audience wanting some. No, which, of course. Let's, uh, let's pull out uh, a little bit around what is uh, a strong brand. Um, okay. In terms of your your definition and uh, the elements inside of that, sure. Well, a strong brand basically means that um, there's purpose. You know, in the nonprofit sector, you would call it a, a mission. In a small business, you would call it what's the, the business's purpose. So. You know, as far as nonprofits go, it's not just about bringing in revenue from donations and from businesses. It's not just about making money. It's got to be so much more than that. I mean, why do people go into business or get involved in a nonprofit anyway? I mean, you have to feel some kind of uh, sense of gratification in your job, in your work. And if you, if your brand doesn't have that or doesn't provide that, I think there's a risk in, uh, you know, with employee retention and also customer retention. But you have to stand for something. And I think that's really, you know, at the core of it. Um, another part, George, is also consistency. And that's, oh my gosh, so important. I don't know if you've ever looked at, you know, any company or nonprofit organization, especially in the case of a national entity. And then it has chapters or divisions, or in the case of a business, it could be a franchisee or, you know, different locations across the country. And if the, if the central headquarters has brand standards and has, you know, uh, a look and a feel and a messaging and all of that, very often I've seen it where the different chapters or regions are just doing their own thing, you know? And that's so detrimental to the overall brand of the organization. That's a killer. And it's interesting, you know, you're talking about uh, organizations of different sizes. And mm-hmm. in particular, the when you have a, a fractured structure or independent contractors running around or mm-hmm. uh, franchisees, uh, can you talk a little bit more, I guess, about how you enact any of that, how much of in the book is how you implement the like, let's just get it done. It's one thing to get a document, brand document from a a consultant, but how how does this get implemented? Well, for one thing, the last chapter of the book is the whole strategy. It's like, how do you develop a marketing and branding plan? I mean, if you were to go, I've never seen um, a study or a survey in a long, I don't know if I've ever seen it, but certainly in a long time, that asks people on the inside, do you have a written marketing and or branding strategy? 
So when you're talking about enterprises or maybe some, you know, bigger mid-sized businesses, you know, maybe they do. Certainly one would expect enterprises to have that. But when you talk to a lot of small business owners and uh, nonprofit professionals, I, I just don't see it. I don't hear about it. I mean, I know they're doing the tactics, George, but God knows, you know, what kind of plan they have. Maybe they have, in nonprofits, a lot of them do strategic plans, which is very common. But the strategic plan is really the core and foundation of building a marketing plan, a branding plan, a fundraising plan, a programming plan. All the different things have to come from that strategic plan. And I don't know, a lot of nonprofits stop at that strategic plan. And then many of them, even in small businesses, um, even if they can afford to hire somebody on the inside, small businesses and nonprofits that are small to mid-size tend to hire junior people because they can't afford to pay senior level people. So, what you get is mostly kind of a communications bent. Can you do social media? Can you do our Facebook page? Can you send out an e-newsletter? Can you do, and it's all tactical. But if you don't have a strategy, it's like what, uh, uh, what's his name? Lewis Carroll said in Alice in Wonderland, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, it may not be exact. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Right. And then so if you don't have a roadmap, then how do you measure your success and how do you know that what you're doing is working? Yeah, I, I really like that, especially because we are big. We are long on metrics and measurement. And yes. can you talk a little bit, I guess, throughout the book, how we sort of like move from the intangible essence and elements of a brand into the like, no, this is how you can tell things are working or Right. Uh, a bit around that. You know, I like, you know, you're in there, you have an idea around being nimble, listening to yes. the customers. You can't listen to the mm -hmm. customers without measurement. So uh, how does that right. lay around well, for you? Well, sometimes they'll listen to customers anecdotally without doing marketing research, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's not, if you can't afford to do, you know, proper marketing research, then obviously talking to your customers and listening to them and letting them give you ideas and feedback is really important. But you know what? Marketing research is not as costly as one can imagine. There are all kinds of ways, especially quantitative research, which are surveys and things of that nature. And even in, in qualitative research, I mean, you could still do um, in-depth interviews, you know, and, and ask a consultant or somebody. You don't have to call up 200 people. But even if there was, you know, 12 or 15 customers or prospects that you wanted to ask, it's unbelievable what you can glean from that information. Because what happens is, that a lot of people make assumptions and their assumptions may be so off track that they're chasing their tails, going after those assumptions, wasting time, wasting energy, wasting resources, and then wondering how come we're not doing better? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'll go ahead. So how do you literally get into that? Like we're talking about, Brand impressions, brand sentiment, uh, what our company well, stands yeah, for. Sure. Well, in, in the way I did it, I mean, look, if one is in a corporation, obviously, 
you know, the marketing plan and the PR plan. They've got all these different departments and all these different plans. But when we look at it in kind of the microcosmic way with a small or mid-sized business or a nonprofit, you've got to really combine them because you don't have the time or the resources really to, to get so detailed. So I tried to make it a little easier by guiding them through the different steps. So, you know, basically it identifies, um, you do the research at the beginning, and this is not something that is uh, overly extensive. It's, it's not anything that can't be done by an individual or a small group of people or even in the nonprofit world with volunteers. So you really have to know where do you want to go what are your objectives right first and then you know a lot of people and I've heard this a lot in the nonprofit sector I really believe in SWOT analysis where you really threats but somebody in the nonprofit sector told me they didn't like that they they tended to uh, gear towards this uh, tool called appreciative inquiry have you heard of it George appreciative inquiry yeah. Go on. Yeah. I am I'm appreciatively okay. and curious about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was curious about it. I mean, I haven't done it, admittedly, but I added it to the book in case nonprofits really wanted to uh, work with that instead of a SWOT analysis. And, it, you know, it tends to be on the, I guess, the more positive side of things. You know, nonprofits tend to be more pie in the sky and... <laughs> You know, we're happy and we have a great We have mission. no enemies. There's no threats yeah, at all. There's no competition. We don't have any, you know, weaknesses. Forget it. But rather than feeling hampered by obstacles and uh, factors that they really have no control over, they use, instead of SWAT, they use an acronym called SOAR, S-O-A-R, which basically tries to help build or rebuild their organization around what works, you know, rather than trying to fix what doesn't. Now, okay, it, it, it sounds great, and I, and I included it because, you know, I wanted to give people an option, but I still strongly believe in a SWOT analysis. Because what, any organization, nonprofit or business, I mean, if you don't look at what the threats are in your market, you know, something could, ha I mean, how many times do certain businesses or certain technology or certain products or services become obsolete because technology made them obsolete? And here you are starting a business or running a business, and all of a sudden this threat comes along and that's it. You're out. Yeah. And so with respect to brands, I, I guess... I would be putting this in the context of brand differentiation. If I am simply building a house mm -hmm. on sand, I want to know it. I, I want to understand that. Yes. Uh, and so I guess that's maybe when you come back to measurement and understanding right. and, and looking at that, it's important for brand differentiation because if you're building uh, McDonald's versus McDonald's, you're like, well, we are coming yeah. to America and we should be aware of this. Yeah, you'll get sued. Bye. <laughs> yeah. 
You have to appear and be human as if the brand were a person. And that's what makes you engaging. That's what makes your business organization engaging to your customers and your prospects. And then, I mean, once you go through the whole strategy, then you can define the tactics that are going to work. And uh, after you do the tactics, then you can set up what are the metrics you're going to measure to know if those tactics are working. Because let's face it, if you don't know what your strategy is, then you're doing tactics that may not be working at all, in which case your metrics are going to be crummy. All right, Elaine. So can you throw me a case study that kind of covers some of this? Yeah, sure. Um, I was called in to do uh, to have an interview with the board directors of a local nonprofit. And, you know, this is not a huge revenue generating nonprofit, but they have a really good and important mission. And um, I was up against an agency that came with all the bells and whistles and the PowerPoint and all that. And I'm a professional speaker. I use PowerPoint presentations all the time to, to give a visual of what I'm trying to convey. But in this case, I didn't use anything. I walked into this meeting and I said, you're going to be spending money that's not easy to generate for you. And you're going to hire a company to come in and do all the social media preparation for you. And they didn't have a marketing plan, didn't have a branding strategy, nothing. And I said, you know, you're going to be doing all this work in social media that goes out to the entire world. And your target audience is right here, locally. Put the money where you're going to get the biggest bang course I didn't get the job <laughs> because the board, of, the board of directors really wanted somebody to come in and do social media. And yeah. I appreciate that. But you know what? It's not strategic. You just don't do stuff for the heck of doing stuff. You have to know why you're doing it and is it going to be effective to reach your objectives. Then you can measure it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to jump around to idea number six in your book, which is the, sure. the demonstrate small business social responsibility, which feels like it's sitting right on the uh, Venn diagram, yeah. the yeah. Venn diagram. So we're going to do this in a weird way, though, Elaine. Okay, we're going to we're going to do pro versus con. Okay, pro versus con. So you can say uh, either uh, social responsibility is crucial for uh, the brand and performance of a small business, or it is not. Would you like the the pro or con, the for uh, or against? Oh, this is tricky. Okay, uh, I would probably say con because it's not crucial. Hold on, you want to take the con side? Okay. Now I say I included take- it in my book, saying that it is important. I'm going to pin you down. Help. All right, so you're going to take the. You can choose because either side. Listen, everything is a matter of priority. If a business practices social, uh, small business social responsibility, it'll have a greater connection to the community. Is it 100% necessary and crucial? No. It's Are you, did you just pro-con yourself? You just pro-con yourself. And that has been pro-con. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm confused now. <laughs> no, I think you're, uh, you're right. It's not an either or, but it's tough. No, it's tough it's though tough. when you're sitting 
in a small business doing about a million dollars saying like, hey, by the way, you have to give more to the community. You're like, I don't know. I think we're doing all right. People know us. Yeah, We're doing the right thing in the right way. How far do you go on social responsibility? Is it going beyond uh, workers' rights, labor, best practices internally? Does it go into like, wait a minute, every one of our thing we have to do for someone else like Bomba's socks or uh, you know Warby Parker? Do I have to be like, providing uh, an African village with materials they may or may not need? Um, I think it really depends on the business. You do it because you genuinely want to be involved in it. Because you know what? Customers will see right through the BS. Yeah, we are gonna, we're going to move into our rapid fire while we can uh, okay. still, still sure. connect here. And okay. 720. Here we go. Uh, what is one tech tool uh, website that you've started using in the last year? Elementor. It's um, it's a WordPress application that is unbelievable. I mean, I have found it to be so advantageous in making changes to my blog and my websites, um, and it's so intuitive. So, um, I mean, you have to know how to use it and, and have some design ability. But I, I mean, as far as, you know, having a tool that makes life easier, that, that I've started using and I love it. All right. What is getting you excited with regard to business in the next year? Okay. Um, one of the things that I really like, I, I read this article in the Inc. magazine, and they're predicting that face-to-face interactions will increase. And all I can say to that is, hallelujah! Because, <laughs> because, look, the digital world is so important, you know, as part of a multi-channel uh, marketing approach, no question. But if you have the opportunity to meet people, to talk to them in the flesh, to break bread, to have a coffee, to meet at a conference. I mean, that's where, that's where you really build relationships. And frankly, especially in the nonprofit world with donors, that's the only way. I mean, it works. Cool. It worked for years. So that's exciting. All right. Talk about a mistake you've made early in your career that has shaped the way you do things. Mm. <laughs> Okay, um, you're going to laugh at this. This is an organizational thing, okay? It has nothing to do with marketing or branding. What did I learn early in my career? Don't write anything in email that can come back and kick you in the ass. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you believe that uh, not-for-profits can successfully go out of business? Yeah, they just don't want to. Okay. If you had a hot tub time machine and jumped in it and went back to the time when you were about to start writing your book, what advice would you give yourself? Oh boy, that's a good one. Um, are you crazy? <laughs> uh, it took like two to three years to do this. And you know what? It was a labor of love, but not, uh, you know, put it, it's not a runaway best-selling business book. Let's put it that way. So I think the advice I'd give myself is um, put it into perspective. You do this because you want to do it, and, and hopefully it will help you get more speaking engagements and training workshops because uh, it's very hard in the publishing world today. I think. 
What is something you think you or your organization should stop doing? Hmm. Stop doing. Okay. I'm going to say something provocative. So a lot of people may disagree with me. Stop worrying so much about social media. I mean, I'm always worried that I'm not saying stop doing it, but it's like, oh my God, I didn't check this. I didn't check that. And I just think one has to put in, put it into perspective. Obviously, it depends on the business and organization. And if it's dependent totally on the digital world, that's a different story. But I'm not. And my company is not. And a lot of nonprofits and small businesses are not solely dependent on the digital world. So I think you just have to put it into perspective and you do the best you can with the time and resources that you can. So I'm going to stop worrying so much. And if you had a Harry Potter style wand that could magically be waved across the industry, and I'll let you say the small business industry, what, uh, what would it do and why? Oh gosh. For the whole small business world. A magic wand. Oh, I know. They would have enough money to hire me so that I could come <laughs> in. And so they, More money come, for everyone. Come in and do some training and some some branding with them and customer service and customer experience. All that obviously that was that was tongue in cheek. Um, I think the magic wand would be for them to recognize just how important their brand is to their success. Because cool. a lot of them don't, don't recognize that. I thank you very much for joining us. Our final question, real softball for you. So okay. get ready. How do okay. people, how do people find you? How do people help you? Oh, sure. Um, easy. Um, first of all, my business site is uh, solutions, plural, M c.net at solutions marketing and consulting so solutions mc.net and i also have um my speaking site which includes my blog totally uncorked on marketing and that's easy it's elainefogel.com so between and they're linked so if you get to one you'll find the other and and um you know that's probably the easiest way i could give you my phone number but hey i would not do that no. I would not do that. Okay. <laughs> Elaine, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've been in the game for a while. You're someone who I've, yeah. uh, I've seen helping, uh, giving away services and, and advice uh, for quite some time. And I know that you are a trusted resource. Thank you for, you. for taking the minutes uh, oh, to, to share your wisdom with us. We're I a fan. Really I really appreciate that. It's, uh, it's important, and I really am a strong believer in social causes, whether I uh, work with nonprofits or small businesses. It, it's, it's just so rewarding to see them progress. Uh, I love that. Well, uh, we look forward to, to sharing this with our audience and uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, Elaine. Thanks. Take care. Happy New Year. I really like applying the thought that if you don't know where you are going, any road will get you there. The Lewis Carroll sort of warning on not setting a sort of tangible direction on what you're trying to achieve. We're not realizing what you're building as you go along can result in some 
messy outcomes. And it's a reminder. It's a reminder that the tactics that sometimes we get mired in across Facebook and Instagrams and SEO and any other acronym you want to throw at it. Look, those are tactics and you're building something. Every time you post, you're building something. Every time you you express what your organization does online. And if you aren't wrapping that in some brand consistency, some focused idea of what your brand stands for, you're taking any road and you may not be happy with where you go or what you build along the way. So you know what? It's, uh, you know, we're in Q1 when you're listening to this. This is episode 84. This is a perfect opportunity to maybe take a step back and say, hey, hey what road are we taking? What, what kind of brand are we building? And, uh, you know, take a look at Elaine's book. We'll have resources again at, uh, at wholewhale.com slash podcast for episode 84. Hope you enjoyed this one. This has been Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. Resources, as always, may be found at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us. As always, Greg Thomas, music.org, coming to the rescue. And thanks, Greg, for the music, the interludes, and the editing, actually. So check him out, gregthomasmusic.org, for anything that you need... uh, Anything that you need done, carpentry, husbandry, no, none of those things. Actually, mostly just music. That's what he does. Thanks, Greg.